Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is July the 6th, and our chapter reading for today is Amos chapter 9. When you come to chapter 9, it is inescapable that God makes it known that no one, no one, not even His people Israel, not even His own chosen people, will escape judgment once God has decreed it. You see, God has sent prophet after prophet. He has done everything He can to ancient Israel, and they will not heed His voice. They are determined to worship false gods. They are determined to break the first and most precious commandment, to worship no other gods, to have no other gods before them. But over and over again, they went whoring after gods of their own making. And after the days of Ahab and Jezebel, it's almost as if judgment was sealed. Because when Baal worship was introduced from the Sidonians through the Sidonian princess Jezebel, it seems that Israel, the northern kingdom, could never get away with their love affair with Baal. And so even after Elijah and the fiery witness that he gave on Mount Carmel, it was not enough. And over and over again, God sent prophet after prophet to woo and to chide and to call to repentance the people of God, but they would not listen. And so now God says judgment is inescapable. I want you to just listen to some of the words that this prophet, this man of God, Amos, had to say to the people. Now, if you think this is easy to say to anyone, you're wrong. You've never stood before a congregation. You've never stood in the corridors of power. It can be very intimidating because no one likes to hear about judgment. This is why very few prophets remain in the United States of America. Oh, there's thousands that haven't bowed their knee to Baal. But in regards to the general population of preachers and teachers and those who would stand and lead churches, there are very few prophets left in America that will thunder the truth of God. Because we live in a postmodern culture that is politically correct and is obsessed with not offending anyone, then we are lacking in the great prophets that will stand and say, thus saith the Lord. And so Amos was one of those men. He was not a professional. He was a sheep herder. He was a picker of sycamore figs. That means he had his work cut out for him, and he gladly did that because it was the living that God gave him. But when we come to chapter 9, God says you cannot escape. I saw the Lord standing by the altar, and he said, Strike the doorpost, that the thresholds may shake and break them on the heads of them all. I will slay the last of them with the sword. 
He who flees from them shall not get away, and he who escapes from them shall not be delivered. Now listen to this. This is just the second verse. Though they dig into hell, from there my hand shall take them. Though they climb up to heaven, from there I will bring them down. And though they hide themselves on the top of Carmel, Karam El is the way it is said in Hebrew, Karam, the word for garden, as in vineyard, a vineyard, Karam, El, the vineyard of God. The top of Carmel, even to this day, is a natural forest. Even with the recent burns of recent years, when the fires leapt up the mountainsides, still there is a grand forest there, an old forest. And it has been a sacred place from antiquity. As a matter of fact, a monastery is built there on the site of the horns of Carmel. That is the highest point. And the Arabs called it from antiquity, Mukraka. That is the place of the burning. It's always been a sacred place from time immemorial. And now God says you can't hide there. For there I will search and take them, though they hide from my side at the bottom of the sea. From there I will command the serpent, and it shall bite them. Though they go into captivity before their enemies, from there I will command the sword, and it shall slay them. I will set my eyes on them for harm and not for good. What an incredible prophecy of judgment and doom Amos had to bring. Verse 5 says, The Lord of hosts, he who touches the earth and it melts, and all who dwell there mourn, all of it shall swell like the river. That is, God's judgment's going to come like a flood. You see, God is the one who has the final say. I cannot say that enough. He has that final say in judgment, and he has the final say in redemption. And that's what I want to get to speedily today. Verse 11 says, On that day, that day of calamity, that day when God sifts the nation of Israel in times past, there is a promise of hope for the future. Verse 11 says, On that day I will raise up the tabernacle, the Sukkot, the sukkah, that is the little tents and houses and lean-tos that the people lived in in the wilderness. It's talking about the house of David, the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. God says, yes, it's fallen down, but I'm able to repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old. What a nostalgic thought. God says to Israel who broke away from the dynasty of David, I'm going to raise you up and I'm going to graft you back into the house of David because I will look at Israel and I will remember my promises that I made to Jacob whose name was changed to Israel to his father Yitzhak and to Abram, Abraham. I made a covenant with those men, and I swore I would keep it. I swore by my own name, and I will do it. He said, I will rebuild the house of David, the land of Israel, that they may possess the remnant of Edom, and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does this thing. You see, it's amazing. God even grafts in the Gentiles to be a part of his restoration and redemption. Aren't you glad? 
He said, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes him who sows the seeds. The mountain shall drip with sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. God says, I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit from them. I, I have eaten fruit from them. I have seen the vineyards. I have walked in them. I have drunk wine from those vineyards. I have seen the waste places that were once uninhabited. As Mark Twain says, it was a wasteland. It was uninhabited. But God brought his people back. The scripture says the mountain shall drip with sweet wine and the hills shall flow with it. And it does. And there are such abundant crops and blessings in Israel that the plowman overtakes the reaper and the treader of grapes with him who sows seed. It is such a marvelous place of agriculture that the Jews of present day modern Israel have taught the world how to farm. They have introduced drip irrigation into a dry and desert land, the Negev, and the world has copied them. They have the highest butter fat of any milk in the world. And to see their dairies operating and to see the hills with vineyards and vines and to see the lowlands with the great orchards and with olives and figs and pomegranates and wheat and barley, to see the olive trees bending with fruit. And then to go into the negative, the wasteland, the dry place, and to see row after row, mile after mile of greenhouses in the desert. And in many of those greenhouses are flowers, roses. It brings to mind the great prophecy of Isaiah, the desert shall blossom as a rose in the days of Messiah. Are we in the days of Messiah? We are in the days that are just preceding the great coming of Messiah. Yes, he's already been once, but he's coming again. And what we see in the prophet of Amos is a promise of God. Here's what he says in verse 15. I will plant them in their land and no longer shall they be pulled up. From the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. Israel is back in the land to stay. They have been regathered a second time now, and God's work is well on its way to Messiah coming. Jesus is the Messiah, and he's coming again. Saints of God, lift up your head. Your redemption draws nigh. Let's walk on the way together. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at tonycrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.